0: Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from The Lancet Global Health. I'm Neil Bennett and today I'm joined on the line by Professor Richard Walker of North Tyneside General Hospital in the north of England. Professor Walker is one of the authors of a research article in this month's issue about risk factors for stroke in urban and rural Tanzania. Professor Walker, many thanks for speaking to us today. Could you start by telling us a little bit about the impetus behind this study and what it is that you wanted to find out?
1: Well, I first became interested in stroke in sub-Saharan Africa when I, I worked in the Gambia in West Africa and on my first ward round saw four relatively young patients with strokes. This surprised me, and I went on to conduct a research project to look at all of the admissions with stroke to hospital over a one-year period, and also to follow these individuals up to see what happened to them following discharge from hospital. We found twice as many males as females, and found that the case fatality rate was higher than Western countries. Now, at any age, stroke is slightly more common in men than women, but this would not explain these figures. So are men at even higher risk of stroke in Africa or is there a differential in terms of access to hospital? So to answer this question, we conducted a door-to-door prevalence study of stroke in a demographic surveillance site in the High District of northern Tanzania with a population at that time of 140,000 people. This study demonstrated lower age-adjusted prevalence than in Western countries. We also looked at mortality in the High District and also in the Dar Salaam demographic surveillance site in Tanzania. We did this by means of verbal autopsy because very few people have a death certificate. Based on this, over a three-year period, we demonstrated significantly higher rates of age-adjusted stroke mortality, again slightly higher in men than women, in these three sites as compared to England and Wales. So from this work, it appeared that stroke mortality and case fatality are higher in sub-Saharan Africa with a lower prevalence. But the important question still remained is what about stroke incidence? We therefore conducted a stroke incidence study in the High and Dar Salaam demographic surveillance sites over a three-year period from June 2003 to June 2006. We used enumerators and key informants within the areas to identify new potential stroke cases as soon as possible following stroke and then paid for individuals to go to hospital and have investigations including CT head scan. These individuals were then followed up in the long term. Those people who died in the community of stroke were identified by our verbal autopsy infrastructure. This work led to the publication of stroke incidence rates in our Lancet Neurology paper in 2010, which are still the only published stroke incidence rates for sub-Saharan Africa from a truly community-based study. The other stroke incidence studies have only identified those people who are seen by recognized services following a stroke. We demonstrated that there were higher age-adjusted stroke incidence rates, again slightly higher in men than women, than for Caucasians in Western studies and actually equivalent or even higher than African-Americans living in New York. You mentioned previously that your analysis
0: is based on data from a wider incidence study the results of which were published in the Lancet Neurology in 2010. Can you describe why, as you did for this new analysis?
1: At the time of the, the stroke incident study, what we did was we collected data on risk factors in all of the identified stroke patients where this was possible. This wasn't possible for those patients who died before they were identified. But for each of the individuals we did see, we also then identified two age- and sex-matched community-based controls from the high and Dar Slam areas, From the population census database that we had. So these individuals underwent the same risk factor assessment based on history and examination, ECG and blood tests as the stroke patients but obviously didn't undergo CT head scan and this case control study was the subject of the the current paper. And what were your most important findings? Well we found that risk factors were similar at both sites with previous cardiac event, HIV infection, high ratio of total cholesterol to HDL cholesterol, smoking and hypertension all identified as significant independent risk factors for stroke. In high, the additional risk factors of diabetes and low HDL cholesterol were also significant.
0: Has HIV been identified as an independent risk factor for
1: stroke in any previous research? This is the first published community-based case control study with prospective case ascertainment to identify HIV infection as a risk factor for stroke. The HIV testing was done anonymously, so I don't know which individual cases or controls were HIV positive, but none were previously known to have HIV and none were therefore on antiretroviral therapy. There is increasing evidence for a link between HIV and stroke, but definitive data are limited. So antiretroviral therapy itself can increase the risk of cardiovascular disease in the long term. And HIV infection has been shown to be a direct cause of vasculopathy. Most previous studies of HIV and stroke have used a retrospective exposed and non-exposed cohort design to compare people with and without HIV infection and investigate stroke incidents within the groups. So in a study from Atlanta in the USA in the early 1990s, stroke patients aged 19 to 44 years were significantly more likely to be HIV positive there were controls who were admissions with status asthmaticus of a similar age after adjustment for confounding variables. However, this was based on young patients, the data were retrospective, and the patients were collected from a hospital setting. Previous studies in Africa have identified high rates of HIV infection in young stroke cases. For example, in KwaZulu, Natal, South Africa... But in this study, these rates were actually similar to the general population
0: of the same age. Your study differentiates between risk factors for an urban population in Dar es Salaam and a rural population in the High District in the north of Tanzania. Did you identify any important differences in risk factors between these
1: two populations? In our original paper, we demonstrated that the age-adjusted stroke incidence is actually higher in the urban population in Dar es Salaam than it was in the rural High District. We were therefore very keen to see if there were any differences in risk factors between the rural and urban areas, that might explain this. Generally, the people in the rural area were more physically active, though this is not something that we specifically investigated. Overall, the risk factors were similar, though in Dar es Salaam, diabetes and low HDL cholesterol were not significant independent risk factors. This, however, is likely to be due to the smaller numbers in Dar es Salaam, as the population was less than half the size of the High District. How generalizable would you say these results are for other developing countries? I think these results are very generalisable for other countries in sub-Saharan Africa but also other developing countries around the world. The High and Dar Salaam demographic surveillance sites were originally chosen in the early 1990s to be representative of a rural and urban area in Tanzania and Tanzania in itself is a fairly typical developing country in terms of population demographics. It's now very well recognized that stroke is one of the leading causes of mortality and disability worldwide and that the majority of the burden of stroke is in developing countries. As our results are from a community-based stroke incidence study, they are more reliable than most previous data which have been based on those individuals who managed to get to hospital. And our previous research has demonstrated that many people dying of stroke actually never go to hospital. And even those living with disability following stroke have often not had contact with Western-style services. Finally, what would you say is the main take-home message of your
0: findings for clinicians working in developing countries?
1: The risk factors for stroke in Tanzania appear to be similar to those reported in other world regions. Our data in relation to HIV infection provide new insight into the interplay between two medical problems that are a major burden on healthcare services in the region. Clinicians should be aware of the increased risk of stroke in people with HIV even in the absence of antiretroviral treatment. Overall, however, hypertension remains the dominant risk factor, but identification and treatment of hypertension in developing countries is a major challenge, even though many of the drugs themselves are relatively affordable. In most areas, there's no routine screening of blood pressure, and even in those who are diagnosed to be hypertensive, there are problems with follow-up and access to treatment, and therefore treatment default rates are very high. On a population scale, restriction of added salt in the diet would have a major impact.
0: Professor Walker, many thanks indeed for taking the time to speak to us today.
1: Very nice to speak to you anyway.
0: For more details or to download the article, visit thelancet.com. Many thanks for listening. See you next time.